Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cosmic Navigator Astrology discussion or show. I don't know if we're going to show anything, but at least we're going to discuss uh, some stuff. So I know that uh, uh, some got upset from the last blog I sent yesterday, and I, again, apologize if I upset people. Uh, I'm, after all, an Aries, and part of my job is to upset. My name is Gal, which means a disturbance in space and time, as in a wave. So, if I get every once in a while some uh, disturbing letters from people who were disturbed, I think that it just means I'm doing my job. Maybe the wave is a little bit too high, maybe the wave is a little bit too low, but I am a wave. So, forgive my waveness. Uh, sometimes also because my moon is in Scorpio, of course, blame it on the stars. Uh, I can get a little bit passionate about certain things, but that's life. So again, if I upset anybody, I'm definitely sorry. Uh, also depends on why I upset. Uh, so, but that's further discussion and we can always talk about it in uh, emails on other forums. The important thing is to continue communicating, especially nowadays. Now, what I wanted to talk about today originally was much more uh, nice and fluffy. Uh, and we'll still do it, I promise. I mean, uh, putting, Putin permitting uh, next week. But um, uh, basically what I wanted to show you is another technique of looking at what signs are in their meaning, the archetypes, based on what planets are exalted and fallen in them. Because I've been really thinking a lot about... Um, um, the idea of how astrology is constructed, almost like the mechanism of it. So we'll talk about it next week, inshallah. This week we'll have to talk about uh, what is happening in the world right now, especially in Eastern Europe. And uh, I wanted to look into the charts of uh, Russia as much as we can because there's some controversy about when Russia was born. And, the and, and of course, we're going to look at uh, the chart of uh, um, the leaders involved, Putin, we can't because he was uh, smart enough or a genius, like some people believe, to uh, mask his time of birth and not tell us when he was born or give misinformation, which is something he's really good at and developed it really to the next level, even on his own astrology chart. So we can't really tell much about his astrology. Uh, Zelensky, we can actually look at this chart. And Ukraine, of course, we can look as well because we actually have the time of birth. And what is interesting about this whole area that includes Belarus, includes all the rest of the um, po uh, former USSR or uh, Soviet states, is that most of them were born a Saturn return ago, meaning... 29, 30, 31 years ago. So it's really interesting that all of that area is flaring up right now and wanting to find their identity in a sense, including Russia, based on the fact that Saturn has returned to the place it was when the USSR was uh, basically disarmed or, or disabled after the Minsk Accord. So we'll talk a little bit about that and look at some of the charts. It's not going to be so technical. Hopefully, uh, you'll be able to make something out of it. And then it's interesting what happened yesterday because yesterday I was writing this uh, email very Aries-like. I was kind of angry looking at uh, certain uh, posts uh, from people in Ukraine. Uh, I know actually... One of the reporters that are Israeli that is from Ukraine originally and her parents are from Russia. So she actually went there and um, she's been in Kiev for a while now reporting from there. So I'll try to share with you some information that I have from actual people uh, in the area itself. But also I had this thought after I sent everything, like I told you, very uh, somewhat kind of angry and passionate then uh, something dawned to me because I was uh, having this, uh, it's really funny, I had this uh, song in my head, Show Me Love. I'll share it with you if we have time. Show Me Love. It's like I kept hearing it in my head the whole time. And what I've noticed a lot of time with songs uh, that got stuck, stuck in your head, I'm not talking about a song that now the, you know, the uh, studios are bombarding everywhere and forcing you to hear or you see it everywhere. I'm talking about a song that you probably know for a few years and suddenly it surfaces from your subconscious and you can't stop singing it in your head. And you kept thinking about the lyrics. For me, at least, 
um, because maybe I have such an affinity to music, but I think every human being on this planet has an affinity to music. And I think that what happened is that sometimes we have songs where the lyrics really describe what you're going through right now or what the collective uh, consciousness is going through uh, right now. And that song, Show Me Love, kept going in my head. Now, I didn't even know the name of the song because it's something that I probably shazammed. Like I do a lot of the music that touches me in certain situations. And I forgot the name of the song. I didn't know who's the, you know, who made that song, who's the, who's the performer. So I had to go through all of my um, songs yesterday after I wrote your email until I found it. And when I found it, I played it. And of course, it was very emotional for me. And then I really got why I am obsessed with this song in the last week, week and a half, basically since I drove back uh, with Laura Day uh, from Esalen, from teaching there. And the song kept like lingering in my head. And only yesterday I heard it. And after I saw that song, and because I looked at the video and heard it, then I went back to the blog and made some adjustment towards the end because I felt the end, if you got to read it right when I sent it, you saw that the end was kind of militant, very Aries. And after I watched that High Priestess, I'll talk about her, that amazing artist, she made me change my attitude towards the situation or not my attitude the way I, she made me look at the, the move the camera to a different angle and then i saw instead of something that was very difficult and hard much something more about love maybe she managed to show me love so i'll share with you that at the end if we get there and if we go over a little bit of the time forgive me today's a special occasion but anyway it's really beautiful how art can uh, even melt the heart of somebody like uh, me so let me uh, share with you a few thoughts about what is going on. Uh, again, not that I am an expert on the situation. I'm sure you can get better information elsewhere. Uh, I'm not a, a news outlet. But um, this guy, this guy, you see his eyes, his beautiful, beautiful eyes. He was a tormented uh, soul and he is my favorite author um, and I read quite a lot of books, as you can see. It's not a set design. These books I actually read. Uh, some of them I wrote, actually, like this one, for example. Anyway, this guy is a real author. I'm just a writer. I just take words and put them together and hope there's no spelling mistake and grammatical issues, which is usually what happens. But I'm not an author. This guy is an author. And this is uh, Bulgakov, if you haven't uh, recognized Mikhail Bulgakov. Mikhail basically coming from uh, the word Mikhail, the likeness of God and uh, the messenger, you can say. And this guy is um, born in Ukraine, but his parents are Russian. And I thought about how this symbolizes for me this conflict. And this will be a full circle because it's two artists that made me realize the real situation that is happening uh, down there, down there. Uh, up there, east of here, forever. What's happening in Eastern Europe right now? And uh, these two artists, which is kind of interesting because Joseph uh, Campbell, the great mythologist, if you remember, said that uh, artists are basically the modern-day shamans. The shamans are not the priests, not the mullahs, not the rabbis. These people just copy-paste what they see in the Bible or in the Quran or in the New Testament or wherever they find their information. Artists have to draw it from the same place that the divine draws creation. That's why artists mimic God in a sense, and therefore they are in the business of godhood and between Bulgakov as a writer and we'll see later on uh, the amazing singer that I'll share with you uh, the details from both of these I really understood at least for myself what is going on there and what could be a solution Anyway, let's start with um, Ukraine. And as you know, I mean, I was guilty of it. I said a few times, the Ukraine. And I remember in England, uh, when I was there just now, when was it, a few months ago, a young uh, lady from Ukraine came to me and said, you know, you shouldn't say the Ukraine, you should say Ukraine. And I even didn't notice it. And it was back then. Now I do notice it and I understand it much, much better. We'll talk about it also. So one of the things to understand, uh, at least 
what I see in this conflict, it's not a conflict between Russia and Ukraine. I totally don't see it that way. And again, absolutely, I might be wrong. What I'm seeing is a conflict between Putin and the West, and Ukraine just happened to be in the middle. And we'll see how appropriate it is according to the meaning of the name. And Russia itself alone is just a state. And that's something that Putin always laments. Uh, Russia with Ukraine is an empire. That's a different situation. You know, a different situation for somebody who is like Putin, who, by the way, after the situation what happened with COVID, he got into a really deep isolation. Uh, worse, uh, some historians say that I was reading this beautiful article about a historian from Russia that's compared the isolation of Putin with COVID with the isolation that happened to Stalin. And you all know what happened after that. And you know that Putin, of course, admires Stalin and wants to bring that old order of the USSR back. Now, the interesting thing is that Ukraine means borderland. And when I thought about it, that made me really think, okay, this is the core of the issue. And remember, I'm very fascinated with uh, names and the power of the name is something that always fascinated me. And we actually mentioned that a few times here. And the fact that Ukraine means the borderland is so significant because this whole conflict right now is about the borderland. And the borderland is, the big question is, is Ukraine the borderline or the borderland of Europe with Russia or Russia with Europe? And every side sees it a little bit differently. But everybody sees Ukraine as some kind of a borderland offense. And when you come to a place that is a borderland, you actually go into the mythology of the liminal uh, uh, land, the liminal place where uh, magic happens. If you think about it, it's the concept of boldly going where no one has gone before. Today, our borderlands are outer space. You know, before that, the borderlands were maybe the oceans. And, and beyond the ocean is that place where the monster lurks. And in the beginning of the development of Europe or um, the old world, you can say, Ukraine was the borderland between Europe and uh, Asia. So it's always been pushed and pulled, torn apart by different kind of uh, places, different countries or different entities that emerge, whether it's Poland, the Ottoman Empire, uh, Russia, you can say uh, Austro-Hungarian, Lithuania. It was like when there is a borderland, there is a lot of transition, a lot of movement, not only of people and languages and foods and cultures, but also of magic and stories and mythology. So... That is part of what it, what uh, the story of Ukraine is, and also the name itself, and also the flag that was chosen for it, that blue and yellow represents the sky and the earth. And the earth, of course, is yellow, like this one, because of the wheat, you know, that uh, Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe and Russia. And you can see also in the, uh, the flag of uh, Ukraine, the above and the below the border between the sky and the earth. So I think, again, it is very, very symbolic. Now, um, it also is interesting because when you think about the flag of Ukraine, if you reverse it, it becomes the sun, the sky is the sun, and the the blue can be the ocean. So it's, again, that that border between water and fire, air and earth, all of these elements that actually clash together. Now, um, this is the chart of Ukraine. And what made me really uh, think about the symbolism and how, mag how magical symbolism can be is that Ukraine was born on the first day of Virgo. Whenever you move into a sign, and if you're born on the first few days of any signs, you represent the pure power of that, um, that, that country or that that archetype or that sign in a sense so if you're born zero zero one degree two degrees three degrees even it extends until 10 but the first few degrees are the most powerful so if you're born in the first few days of a sign you represent the ultimate archetype the ultimate energy of that archetype the first 10 days of every sign is considered to be the double sign in a sense. So if you're born the first day of Aries, you're kind of an Aries, Aries. The first 10 day of Sagittarius, you're Sagittarius, Sagittarius. Like you have the accent of Sagittarius, you look Sagittarius, you eat Sagittarian food, and you're completely patriotic Sagittarian. You know, so the same thing with Virgo and with the, with the chart of Ukraine, because 
Ukraine has the sun and Mars in Virgo, and the sun zero zero degrees Virgo means that it's pure Virgo. And as you know, Virgo is the symbol of the maiden of harvest. So it's again a very interesting in coincidence that this land is basically full of wheat full of the energy of Dimitri, full of the energies of the Maiden of Harvest. And it is a Virgo. And it was born also with Mars, the warrior, in Virgo in the House of Death. And that's what led me to understand and, and to see it happening right now, that the people are not going to let go of the land. Even if Putin says that Ukraine doesn't exist and it's not really a country, it's okay. He's also using soldiers from Chechnya who uh, a few years ago said that there is no gays and lesbians in our country. So there is something about that area that is usually say, this is not a country, these are not people, this is not a... Language, all, all that kind of dismissal is totally normal. But the Mars in Virgo, in the house of death and transformation, again, Mars is the warrior, the fighter. If you have that in your chart, you die, you, you fight until death. You know, it's nothing that, uh, it's not like you're going to turn around and, and give up. So that's something that Putin should have asked his astrologers, because I'm sure he's surrounded with a few of them. The interesting thing about the chart of Ukraine is that you have Venus and Mercury retrograde. That is very rare. And you have Uranus retrograde, and you have Neptune retrograde in the chart, and Saturn retrograde. When you have a lot of retrograde in your chart, it means that you're, you're connected to the past. You're connected to either past lifetimes or the past in general. So what you see in the chart of Ukraine is a very strong affinity to the past especially with all these planets that they have in the house of past lifetimes. And a past life of a country, of course, is the other, let's say, manifestation of that entity as a nation or as a country. But Venus and Mercury retrograde is interesting because this whole situation was brewing from the middle of December when Venus got retrograde in Capricorn, where we said this is now the shadow of Capricorn, 25, 26, 27, right when the invasion was going on. I warned you, this is the shadow. We're going into the shadow. And that's when maybe Putin got into his shadow. And of course, Ukraine uh, got into her shadow. But Mar Mercury was also retrograde during this whole period. And why it was so important is because this Venus and Mercury were retrograde in the chart of Ukraine, in the house of pain, suffering, isolation, letting go, difficulties, challenges, which is the 12th house. So it's kind of interesting that all of this was happening then. Also, of course, if you look at the chart of Ukraine, they're going through their Saturn return, just like Russia is going. Anybody who was born... 93 to 91, 90, 91, let's say, is going through their Saturn return. So if you're born at that time, you're through your Saturn return. If you're born 62 to 63, 64, you're also going through your Saturn return. So you, along with Ukraine, along with Russia, along with Belarus, along with Bulgaria, along with all the other countries that broke away from USSR, are going through their Saturn return. We just talked about it a while ago with Belarus. We talked about it with Kazakhstan. All of those countries are going through big changes. And these changes are because Saturn has returned to Aquarius, where it was when these countries were uh, established. And Saturn, again, is karma, is um, actions from the past, is responsibilities, is pressure. And Aquarius is communities, people, groups, organizations, governments. Uh, and that is why it was so crucial for Ukraine to decide where they want to go, west, east, because it is about my affinity. That also was happening to uh, Putin when he's trying to freak out and freaking out what's happening with Russia. Who's Russia's friend right now? Uh, where do I feel safe and secure in my own sense of community? So all of that Saturn in Aquarius is really, really strong right now. Now, on top of everything, in Ukraine's chart, the moon, which is the people, is in Aquarius. Now, interestingly enough, also it is in United States. So United States people or the moon, because the moon representing the chart of a country, the people, you and I, the citizens, you can say. So Ukraine and United States have the moon in the same place. So you'll see that's one of the reasons why there is such a strong connection, uh, whether it is a president trying to extort and uh, the president of uh, um, Ukraine for uh, some dirt on Biden and his uh, children, or you see it also as now what is happening is such a strong connection with a lot of people here, because a lot of people are from Ukraine here. You saw it in Chicago, if you saw some of the uh, demonstrations and the... Um, uh, 
the movement there because the moon in the two countries is a similar moon. It's the moon in Aquarius. And Saturn sitting on top of the moon, which is precisely happening right now in Ukraine, once in 30 years, it's peaking actually in April, August this year and January next year. This is when Saturn is sitting, sorry, that's when Pluto is sitting on top of the rising sun. We'll talk about it in a second. Saturn on top of the moon is actually happening throughout this year. And again, it happens every 30 years that Saturn, the Lord of Karma, pressure, challenges, heaviness, extra responsibility, the past sitting on top of the moon, which is the people. So obviously, if you look at any images coming from Ukraine, you can totally see Saturn sitting on top of the people. Um, I wrote about it in the blog that there was this whole story about a woman giving birth in a subway. I'm sure it's not the only one. While above, there are bombs. This is Saturn on top of the moon. For me, this is the ultimate uh, small zoom in of what is going on with Saturn sitting on top of the moon in, an, in a chart of a country, a woman giving birth in a subway because that's the only place she can hide from the bombs, right? On top of the Saturn return, once if every 30 years, on top of Saturn on top of the moon, once in 30 years, that is happening in uh, the chart of Ukraine, also Pluto is sitting on top of Ukraine's rising sign. Now, this happens every 250 years. So this you're talking about a long period of time. I think 250 years ago, that was when the Kozak um, country or empire was going on. It was also not too far from the time of Katrine uh, the Great in Russia. So 250 years ago is when Pluto was the last time on top of the uh, rising sign of Ukraine, even though Ukraine is only 30 years old. Now Pluto is sitting again on top of the rising sign. And that was going on, like that's going on this year in um, January 5. So January 5, Pluto was sitting on top of the rising sign of Ukraine. And Pluto is the Lord of death and transformation. Think about how symbolic it is and how right on the chart is. Probably this is really the chart that describes the, the, the fate or the pass of the country. Now, it's also interesting because the rising sign in a country, a lot of time, it's the leader. It's the initiator. And think about how a lot of us changed our perception, even the Ukrainian people themselves, about their leader about Zelensky and what his role in all of this is. And by the way, he's an Aquarius, which falls on Ukraine's house of leadership, initiation, and the body. So that's, again, a very interesting thing. So you have Pluto on top of, your, on top of the country's rising sign, the direction it wants to go. Once in 250 years, it was going throughout 2021. No wonder there was questions about East, West, and where do we want to go? Where is, where is our direction? On top of it, like I said, Saturn is on top of the moon once every 30 years, and that's happening April, August, and it's still going on in January. So it's going to take, you know, whatever is the future of Ukraine, it's going to take them time to rebuild. But the fact that it's all happening on Saturn on top of the moon is a good sign that they can do it, especially with all the retrograde, even though retrograde seems to be not a good thing. Retrograde can be sometimes very helpful in restructuring, rebuilding, reconnecting, redoing. And that's something that we can see. Also, Jupiter, the planet of positivity, is right now in the first house of Ukraine. Again, it's leadership, initiation. So it's not only about Zelensky being in Kiev. It's about all of the rest of the people that initiate and start new things for themselves or take leadership on themselves. And then I think that that's one of the reasons they were able to so far against all odds and against any kind of uh, former or anybody's prediction, hold on uh, in this uh, terrible war. This is the chart of uh, Russia. Now, with Russia, there's a little bit more uh, more controversy about when it was actually established, the Federation. I'm talking about Federation of the Russian Federation, because there's also some... Um, a, Wait, was that a December? No, sorry. Yeah, as you can see, there's a few charts of um, uh, Russia, one for December 25, one for December 8, one for December 12. Uh, most agree that December 12 is the right one. And if December 12 is the right time for uh, the birth of the Russian Federation, what we're seeing is a few things. First of all, look at that. The moon is in Aquarius also. The same thing as United States, the same thing as in uh, Ukraine. And also, Saturn is going to be moving on top of the moon of the Russian people, which is basically Russian, 
ne- the end of this year, beginning of next year. And I think that that's probably when a lot of these sanctions are going to hit really, really strong. So it is unfortunate that the Russians will have to actually suffer because of the decisions that their leader is making, especially because I've been following it very closely about all these really brave women and men in Russia that even though it's winter and even though it's super dangerous, extremely dangerous, they go out to the streets and protest. I think that until now, 1,800 people were arrested, probably way more, and God knows what is happening to them there and to their family and to their friends. It's it's a catastrophe. So Saturn on top of the moon for Russians could happen a little bit later. As you can see, it's 28 degrees Aquarius. For Ukraine, it's 22 degrees Aquarius. So it's now happening in Ukraine in about the end of the year, beginning of next year, it's going to happen more in Russia. And you can see Saturn return is happening also for Russia and Mercury is retrograde also in Russia's chart. Uh, but they're free from Venus retrograde. The other thing that's really interesting is that Uranus, the planet of unpredictable, crazy energy, is moving now on top of you of the U.S. of uh, Russia's rising sign, and that means a complete transition and change in affiliation with who are my friends and who are my people and who I am and my leadership. And it's interesting because Uranus is the Joker, the fool, crazy. And it's now sitting on top of the rising sign of Russia's chart, which a lot of time indicates the leader. And also it could mean that there could be some change in the leadership because Uranus is unpredictable and it's awakening everybody. And it's also causing disruption with the past, with the, with the path of uh, the Russian Federation. That's why I think that there is a chance, if this time is right, and if this is the right chart of uh, a Russia, that there will be some change in the leadership there. Uh, so for Russia, Uranus sitting on top of um, uh, the rising sign, which we said, a transition and a change that could mean with leadership, direction in life. Um, it talks about um, a major frightening transition that's happening. It's almost like the highway is changing. That's happening in July, September, and then May next year. And the Saturn squaring Pluto, which for a country is really difficult because it's in the 11th house, which is the house of governments, organizations, SWIFT, uh, companies, people, and the seventh house, which is diplomacy and an affinity or connection and, and collaboration with other countries. This is all messed up in March 25, which is now, now August 21 and December 21. And that could also lead to why Denmark and Spain and Iceland and UK said that no more Russian plane can cross their airspace. So you see that there is something moving with its affiliation with the rest of the world. I think that Putin uh, wanted... Uh, to create discord and some kind of defragmentation of the West. And what happened is that the whole world started coming together. Now, another thing that is interesting is what is happening again with this whole nuclear thing. Because today, or I think yesterday, Putin talked about how he puts uh, he put all of the uh, nuclear weapon under some kind of alert. I don't really know what it means, but um, it means that he's threatening basically with nuclear um, weapons. Now, and of course, there's a lot of new strand of misinformation that uh, Ukraine is building up um, not only their Nazis and their drug addicts. Now, apparently, they're building atom bombs uh, in order nuclear weapons to destroy Russia. You know, so that's part of that uh, that story or the narrative that he has to tell. But anyway, if we look back in nine, uh, to the last time that we had in the Cold War, the closest moment to having uh, uh, the MAD, where the MAD situation, if you remember that, the uh, um, destruction of the whole planet, it was 1962, and it was called the Cuban Missile uh, Crisis. Now, I looked at the chart of 1962. Reason why is because we are in the same space we were in 1962. A, we are now in the year of the water tiger. So the tiger comes every 12 years. Wow, it's kind of coming to roar and to cause trouble, right? Tigers sometimes hunt even when they're not um, hungry. So the tiger is a big uh, symbol of something that is devouring, you know, and especially in the Chinese zodiac. There is no other animal besides a, maybe the, the dragon, but the tiger is one that is known for attacking, right? And every 60 years, the fiery tiger is pushed into the water and has to deal with water. In our case, this is now uh, ice because it's kind of icy over there in Russia and Ukraine. 
So what we have now is a similar energy, archetypically speaking, of what happened in 1962, which was the last time that the water tiger was basically stalking the earth. Another thing that happened around that time that's similar to what is happening now is, of course, Saturn. As you can see, Saturn is in Aquarius. So we are in a Saturn return and a drag and a, and a water tiger return, you can say, that is happening this year. So no wonder we're having so much of that uh, flashbacks of what was going on with the Cuba uh, missile crisis. Again, I'm optimistic that if it was resolved last time, it could also be resolved this time. This is the chart of... Wait, where is... Um, I thought I pulled out... No, I didn't. Let's see. Sorry. I wanted to see if I have Zelensky's uh, chart as well to look at what's happening to him because it's interesting to look at a chart of somebody who um, suddenly became everybody's um, conversation and somebody who, again, moved from being some kind of a comedian or entertainer into somebody who really inspires people. And, oh, my God, we're watching a hero being born. You know, I'm sure that a lot of people will have a lot of bad things to say about him and will bring things, some dirt. I'm sure they're looking everywhere now uh, for that, especially the disinformation and misinformation and propaganda me mechanism of Putin. But it is interesting to see also in the chart, how does that happen when somebody suddenly becomes a hero, not only in his own country, uh, don't forget that 73% elected him, but to inspire people from all over the world. So first of all, he is born January 25, 78. And we actually know when he was born and where he was born. And he's in Aquarius. Aquarius with the sun in Aquarius. Look at that. Five degrees Aquarius and Venus in Aquarius, five degrees. His sun and his Venus are right, right on top of each other. So you remember in... Um, the Iliad, that sometimes gods can be associated with certain heroes. In, the, in our case, if this was the Iliad in this story, Venus is walking with him. Now, you would rather have Mars maybe uh, walk with him. But in this case, who knows? Maybe Venus is better for him because Venus is all about collaboration. It's all about peace. It's all about uh, the ability to um, connect to people on an emotional level. And it makes him very artistic. We talked about it, that... Um, it's not surprising maybe that him being a comedian, being a writer, uh, being a dancer, uh, became a president. Again, because of that concept of shamans and artists being merged uh, as we move in the edge of Aquarius. Now, his son is in Aquarius. And remember, we talked about the people in Ukraine are ruled by Aquarius. So what is happening to him is that he's having Saturn in his sign. So if you look at his chart, when he actually nominated himself in 2018, Saturn, funny enough, moved into his house of death and transformation. So I'm not saying he's going to die as a leader, but the whole process of his death and transformation started happening in 2018 when he decided, you know what, I'm not going to only uh, play the role of a president of Ukraine. I'm going to actually do it. And 2019, when he was elected, he was still in the house of death and transformation. 2020, right when the pandemic started, he came out of the house of death and transformation and became more, more in the house of foreign cultures, foreign traditions. Maybe that's when some of the issues with Russia started. But that's also when he got that notorious, uh, um, infamous phone call from Trump. So that's when Saturn was in his house of foreign cultures, foreign traditions. And the interesting thing is that Saturn moved on top of his sun in 2021 and on top of his Venus in 2021. This happens every 30 years. I always tell people when Saturn is on top of their Venus, it's the aspect of marriage and divorce. You're reassessing all of your relationships around you, who you want, who you don't want. And of course, for a leader of a country, Venus is diplomacy. So that was happening throughout 2021. He didn't get divorced from his wife, but he kind of got divorced from Putin. And now Saturn is sitting on top of his point of career. I mean, think about how crazy it is. Literally right now, Saturn is sitting on top of his point of career. This happens every 30 years, right? So last time it happened, it's when his country left the USSR. Now his country is being a... 
threatened by being devoured by the offspring of the USSR. So it's interesting that Saturn represents, again, somebody who's mature, older than me, somebody who's pressuring me, and it's sitting on top of his point of career, which is the highest point in your chart. It's your zenith. So it's interesting that he got to his zenith, to, the, to that place, to the peak of his uh, career, in a sense, while there is pressure from Saturn. So from uh, taking away his suit and putting on a T-shirt, a green T-shirt, um, which is kind of interesting because the name Zelensky means off or coming from the green. Ski is always the, in Proto-Slavic, it means affiliation or where you come from in a sense. And uh, Zelen, what I understand, because I don't speak Ukrainian, is related to green. So when he becomes super popular, he wore a green shirt. I'm going uh, under, and while Putin is in his bunker, he's going out in the streets, Zelensky, and trying to stir up that spirit of um, uh, fighting for your country. And again, it's interesting. That is the energy of uh, the green around. But uh, his rising sign is Gemini, and I think there is a chance that he can use his communication skill, Jupiter is in Gemini in his first house, in order to bring his country out of this situation. So I'm still optimistic that this can be resolved. Um, of course, I mean, it's very uh, sad how many people died. We know, at least in the Ukrainian side, of course, in Russia, there is a law that you know that Putin institute, instituted that you're not allowed to talk about how many people die in a war. It's a state secret. Of course, it's a propaganda secret. So that is uh, his chart. Jupiter, which is the planet of positivity and growth and expansion. Guess where it is? It's in his house of career. And it's going to move uh, into his house of... Um, uh, where I can't see it because of this uh, Zoom thingy. I wonder how you get rid of it so I can actually see the rest of the chart. Uh, oh, now I can see it. Yeah, it's going to move around, let's say, March. Yeah, beginning of March or so, it's going to move into the house of people, communities, groups, organizations, uh, governments. So from the house of career, it's going to move back into his house of uh, people and community. So that's going to work really well. What else I wanted to show you is uh, the power of the name. We talked a lot about the power of the name uh, here in other classes. I uh, also lead... Uh, which one is it? Hmm. Um, I'm trying to figure out where is the thing I'm trying to... Yeah, this one, I think. So... If you look at the power of name, which is something I'm always fascinated with, and if anybody's interested, you can just... What is that? Oh, yeah. That is the uh, time where... This is the place where... These are the dates, sorry, when Saturn is sitting on Zelensky's um, house of career. That's happening March 14, 2022. And I'm talking about once in 30 years that Saturn, the Lord of Karma, like we said, pressure, heaviness, sits on somebody's uh, point of uh, career. And that is happening in March 14, literally now, in September 4 and in December 7. So mark these days. It's going to be something pretty important that has to do with his um, Zelensky's career. Meaning of names. If you are interested, I can send you... Actually, I have it on my website. Uh, the only academical article I actually published in uh, Mythology magazine. Uh, my sister is a professor and she published like five of them a year. Uh, but I published one in Lifetime. But anyway, if you're interested in it, I can uh, send it to you. It's about the Bible, the meaning of names, and some theories that I have about interpretation of meaning of names. But if you... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I put putting instead of putting. Eh, probably it's, um, it's a Freudian uh, slip. But anyway, the meaning of names of the people involved. So Putin's name means... What I understand and what I researched, this is the way or the way. So it's kind of reminded me of the Mandalorian, you know, this is the way. So Putin means this is the way or the way in a sense. Put is the way. So it's kind of interesting because maybe that's his mentality of this is the way. You can't argue with it. We have to um, uh, go there. This is the way. And if anybody doesn't believe in me or think about me, get away from me. This is the way, the way out. Uh, Russia 
It's uh, the Kievan Rus, or Rus is the ancestors of uh, Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, and the name comes from the Old Norse word, uh, the men who row. So that is, don't forget that uh, a lot of uh, the, the Russian history is basically the Vikings coming through the rivers that end up in Kiev and end up in Moscow, and a lot of who we know as Russians today are a mixture of the Slavs and a, a Norse people from uh, the Vikings. So it's interesting. It means the the men who row. Uh, now, both the name, the first name of the given name of Putin and Zelensky are the same. Vladimir, ruler of the world or ruler of peace. So for me, it's so funny that you have this this um, this play right now. It's a Shakespearean play. Hopefully it's not a Greek tragedy. It's a Shakespearean play when the names mean something, of course, like all of Shakespeare's play. And you have the antagonist, which is Putin, and the protagonist, in this case, which is Zelensky. Their, their given name are the same, but the name could be interpreted as the ruler of the world, hence Putin's attempt to create an empire, or the ruler of peace, what we talked about green, and what we talked about as somebody who wants to create some sort of peace. Famous power, bright and famous. It's kind of interesting. And like I told you, Zelensky uh, comes from belonging to something, belonging to the green. So now, before I look at your... Um, um, questions and before we look at what's happening next week, I promise that I will share some of my uh, um, what something of changed me yesterday night or last night. And again, I'm sharing it with you because I, again, I, I apologize if some people got pissed off from the blog I, I I wrote. And if you would have read the original one before I changed it, or maybe some of you did, you see that it was worse. So you could be even more pissed. But what changed me is the modern day shamans I talked about. And what changed me is this song that I told you I kept hearing in my head like a mantra and I didn't understand where it's coming from. I didn't even remember who was the uh, the artist. And what I kept seeing in my head when I closed my eyes, first of all, I thought the word were something like show me love, but I have a tendency from an early age to listen to songs and give it complete different different interpretation, which is what I'm going to do to this song as well. And a lot of time it was because my English wasn't um, even as good. No, my English wasn't good enough and sometimes I made up words and sometimes I heard words that were not completely there but totally made sense to me so again uh, I'll try not to do it this time but what I did see in my head is the card of the high priestess I kept seeing that black and white which is really interesting how the mind works with music and with lyrics and the card that came up to my head is the High Priestess, and you can see here two versions of it. The High Priestess is basically the highest card, you can say, uh, for feminine energies before you get to the Magician, which is oneness. It's the union of the masculine and the feminine, and the Fool, which is beyond gender altogether. So the High Priestess is represented by uh, number two, and it represents that... Uh, woman who is sitting there with the Torah or with the uh, archives, the Akashic records, everything that will be, is, and was. And she's associated, of course, with the moon. You can see her sitting between two pillars, black and white. These are the two pillars from the Temple of Solomon. And her crown is made of the three st uh, st phases of the moon, the new, the full, and the waning. And I kept seeing this high priestess and I was wondering what is happening now? Is it connected to the new moon coming up in the March 2nd? What's going on? And then I've realized that what I was trying to get connected to is Show Me Love, where uh, it's from Laura Mevlua. I, Mevlua. I hope I pronounce it right. I'm sure that other people can pronounce it uh, better. And um, it's an amazing song. I really recommend... Um, um, seeing it or hearing it. I'll play you a little part of it so that you can... Um... Oh, you can't hear. Mm. Huh. Ah, because I'm using uh, the speaker. Anyway, I think that what would be great if you could... Um... get that... I'll send it to you. You know what, guys? I'll send it to you in my... Um, in the... Email I sent you later. I'll send you the song. Uh, but the interesting thing about um, the lyrics 
is that it's a shame you showed me love you showed me love um yeah i'll send you the uh song um so you can listen to it but again it's laura mvula i mvula i hope i pronounced it again right and the song is called show me love and what I've realized, basically, it is this beautiful song, and she's dressed in black, and then she's dressed in white, and the part in white in her dies, and she sings to that part, and she sings it in a church. It's really incredibly touching. And the song itself, why it was very hard for me to uh, uh, remember, I even called my uh, uh, my next-door neighbor, and I started singing to him the the song. But because it's made of a few, a few different um, scales, it came across like convoluted completely. It's not like, uh, can't buy me love, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, I remember it's the Beatles. This song is really difficult to sing the first few times you hear it. You'll hear it. You'll see. And I think that it also is a symbol of two kind of scales, two energies, black and white, trying to come together. And when I was listening to this song, I started crying. Sorry, I'm very emotional. And the reason why is because I suddenly got it. It's... It's basically a song, and I'm sure she didn't think about it. She wrote it in 2016. Nothing to do with that. It's my my projection on that. It's precisely what a lot of time they do in Kabbalah. That's what I've learned from Kabbalah. They take a piece of the Bible that maybe was interpreted in a certain way, or if you read it, it sounds like it's like this. But if you actually read it with a more Kabbalistic, more mythological, more mystical way, you can see a lot of layers underneath it, which maybe the author himself didn't necessarily mean. But uh, comp- relating to what is happening right now, it could be an interesting interpretation, an interesting allegory. And for me, this song is about Ukraine singing to Russia. Because when I thought about it, you know, uh, how Putin says Ukraine doesn't exist. It's almost like these are two lovers, Russia and Ukraine. And they're having a little bit of an issue. It's an old relationship. It's soulmates. It's twin flames, Ukraine and Russia. I mean, they have so much similarity in their language, in their culture. I started talking today about Bulgakov, who is a Russian family born in Ukraine. I have so many friends that are telling me, you know, we live in Ukraine, but our family is in Moscow, or I live in Moscow, but most of my family is in Ukraine, or I'm married. There's so much connection between the two countries. I mean, there is this, you know, Putin represents to me like one of these guys uh, in that I meet around the world who is completely enmeshed in his, uh, with his wife and doesn't exist, doesn't, doesn't even recognize her existence because she's my wife. No, no, she has a name. No, no, she's my wife. And she doesn't go to work and she doesn't have any friends and she stays in the kitchen and she cooks for me. And every night when I come back home, I want to have dinner there and I don't want her to talk about anything besides my work. And I don't want to do anything for her besides raise my kids. She doesn't exist. She's not a person. She's my wife. That's what I feel is happening right now. In Ukraine, being this uh, maiden of the harvest, sitting where she's sitting in the world after she got liberated, you know, and now she's looking, she's looking around. I'm not saying she's trying to cheat, but she's looking around. She's looking to the West to see what's happening with Europe. It doesn't mean that she's going to fall in love with Europe and become completely European because, you know, Ukraine and Russia have a special relationship that will always going to be there. It's always going to be this twin flame situation. But right now, Russia has to trust Ukraine like a man has to trust his uh, wife or whatever in the relationship, even a partnership in work, and feel that the love is strong enough between Ukraine and Russia that Ukraine can look around and see if she wants to discover herself through association with other people. It doesn't mean that she's going to run away with them, marry them, and move to their house. You know, so that's, I think, what is happening in a more mythological level is that this entity called Ukraine, and let's call her a feminine, it wants to have a little bit of a break from Russia. And I don't think it's even from Russia. I think it's more from Putin, who's been there for 20 years and kind of like um, causing a lot of uh, pressure and a lot of heaviness. And it keeps biting parts out of me. And literally, it sounds to me like a breakup in a way where the man does not agree to the breakup and comes uh, to the place where we used to be together and basically rape uh, his uh, girlfriend, you know, or his wife. So this is literally a situation of a rape that is happening right now. But it is between two 
entities that know each other very, very well and are very, very connected. It's almost as if there needs to be a change in the kind of love that is between Ukraine and Russia and not go to force that love. It's almost like I can't force you to love me. It's not going to work. You know, it's going to make things a little bit worse. If before 50-50 were in Ukraine about being closer to Russia or being closer to Europe, now it's tilting to the other side because you tried to rape me. So that's my little um, uh, idea that came from from watching this video that was done in 2016, nothing to do with uh, Russia. But again, I believe that everything, everything is connected. These are the lyrics, and I definitely recommend that you um, read it uh, and think about um, what I told you about this uh, little love affair. I think I also put someplace, um, yeah, what we have also happening pretty soon uh, before we go to what is happening this... Oh, yeah, we'll do it actually at the same time. Let's look at what's happening this week. No. Um, let's see. And then we'll look at some uh, questions. Where is the chart? Oh. Check up. Stop sharing because it doesn't like that I share like this and start sharing like this. So what is happening? First of all, today uh, we have the moon in Capricorn. Remember I told you, 25, 26, 27, shadow, shadow, shadow. The reason why is because we have Venus, Vesta, Mars, the moon, Pluto, all in Capricorn, and it creates a little bit of shadow. The shadow is a shadow of fear, a, a, a very heavy, a, heavy energy. So again, we had it yesterday, today, and we had it the day before, and a little bit in, and also it started in Thursday, really. So we're coming out of it today. So tomorrow, it should be a shift of your energy. You're going to start feeling it a little bit easier just because uh, we're going to have, oh, it's still not, um, yeah, it's still not there, sorry. Because I wanted to um, animate. Animation. Yes. So tomorrow what we have is a shift of energy because the moon is moving into Aquarius. Now it's going to be interesting politically speaking to see what is going on. And again... One of the things that I got from um, some of the emails, I think there was a one or two of them that said that started the email started. I stopped listening to news and magazines or news outlets because of the situation is too dressed, dreadful for me. But I don't think you should write about history and news and news, blah, blah, blah. Wait. So you can't really say I'm not listening to it. Don't do it yourself. Um, what I'm saying is. Try to be engaged in what is happening in the world. Try to find as many different type of outlets. I'll tell you where I get some of my information. The Economist, Haaretz, which I told you is an Israeli independent magazine that actually sent people, or newspaper that actually sends people to investigate. NPR, New York Times, The Hill, Politico. Those are the BBC, actually. Those are the places that I try to get information from. Uh, try to see what is similar between all of them. No, I don't go uh, to CNN or to uh, Fox. Um, I stop trusting those outlets. Sorry. But anyway, what I'm saying is that in the next few days, it will be good for you to look at what is happening with the news just because we want to see how the charts of what we talked about are, gone, are, are correlating to what is happening in the world. Why? Because tomorrow the moon is moving into Aquarius for three days. And there is talk about um, Putin and Zelensky doing some kind of a conference in Belarus or some kind of uh, talks. So tomorrow is the time that tomorrow, the day after and the day after. So we're going to have two and a half days where the moon is going to be in Aquarius, which is similar to the moon of uh, Russia and the moon of Ukraine. And when the moon is in the same place where the moon of the two countries is, especially because the United States also has the moon in Aquarius, maybe there is a chance that something can ease up a little bit. But anyway, you look at it, there's going to be some rise in the people in Russia and Ukraine against the war because the moon is moving into Aquarius and the moon in Aquarius is a very rebellious moon. 
especially when it's going to move on top of Mercury, which is communication, and on top of Saturn tomorrow and the day after, which is pressure. And remember, we talked about how Saturn is going to sit on top of Ukraine's moon people now and then at the end of the year over Russia. So that moon on top of Saturn is kind of a preview of what is going to happen when Saturn hits the moon in both those charts. Jupiter is getting closer and closer to Neptune. That's a pretty big deal. It happens every 12 years and it's very significant because it's happening in Pisces, which is the sign that is ruled by Jupiter traditionally and Neptune, the modern ruler. So they're going to come together in the middle of April, around April 12. Very strong energy of dreams, uh, imagination, mysticism and making your dreams come true. For me now, the dream is some kind of peace and restoring um, things that happened to us in the past. So, or in at least restoring some peace uh, that was there up until a few weeks ago. Um, what else is happening is we're having Saturn on top of the moon uh, today. Not the, always, not the easiest thing. It talks about, again, death and resurrection. But the moon tomorrow is shifting energies toward Aquarius. And it's going to be there for two and a half days leading up to the new moon that is happening on March 2nd, the new moon in Pisces, which is a very, very positive uh, new moon. So remember, we don't have any retrogrades right now. It's a good time to push things forward. And the moon in Aquarius that's happening on Monday is all about communities, creating connection to people, communities, groups. Moon on top of Mercury puts together emotional communications. You can say that one of the best things for you is to start saying, I feel instead of I think for the next few days. And it does talk about connecting feelings and thoughts, words and emotions. So that's why I think that there is a possibility for making some kind of headway with peace. Also, Venus on top of Mars, very strong energy for relationships. So if you're thinking about dating or if you're thinking about falling in love, this is a great time, especially because Venus and Mars are edging closer and closer towards Pluto. Love that transforms. Show me love. Then you have on Tuesday, the moon is again moving in Aquarius. It's going to be on top of Saturn. So there could be some more emotional things, more difficulties with family members maybe. But the moon is still sending pretty good energy overall. And Jupiter is just past the sun, which is really positive and moving, like I said, towards Neptune. So we actually have a few days with no opposition. This is, again, a great time to have some kind of peace talks or at least to get some ceasefire and stop the killing. The new moon is on March 2nd. And the new moon on March 2nd is 12 degrees um, Pisces and the Sabian symbol, funny enough, is a sword in a museum. Can you think about it being more blunt and on the nose? So the Sabian symbol for the new moon is a sword in a museum. So what is a sword in a museum? You know, I remember I went in Turkey to the museum to see Muhammad's sword. Uh, when you have a sword in a museum, it means that it was a very famous sword. <laughs> and a famous sword can only mean it's famous because it killed a lot of people, right? I don't think swords are famous for planting trees or building houses. So a sword that made it to the museum means that it's an ancient sword that made a lot of death and a lot of devastation. Maybe it protected, maybe it healed, maybe it fixed, but still... It has some kind of karma, and it decided to put it in a box, in a cage, basically a jail, with a museum for other people to come and witness it. So that's the Sabian symbol of March 2nd. Let's see what it means in the case of this war, and can we put that um, Putin um, a nuclear arsenal, that, that sword, back in the museum instead of uh, pointing it at people? But we have a great deal of energy in March 2nd. The moon, sun, Jupiter, Neptune, all of them in Pisces. Very good energy to creating a lot of new beginning, especially manifesting your wishes, uh, projecting positivity towards the world. So if we can all join on March 2nd to do some kind of a collective uh, meditation uh, to the to, to the whole area of there, to Russia, to Ukraine, to the Russian people who are opposing this war, to the Ukrainian people that have to deal with this war. So that would be a great thing on March 2nd on the new moon to put the sword back into the museum. After that, we have uh, on Wednesday, 
Thursday, the moon is still in Pisces and it's really linking with Neptune. So that is the day to really focus on your uh, manifestation of wishes, yoga, dance, meditation, intuition. Really try to connect to that uh, archetype because the Pisces energy is off the chart and really positive around that time. Again, March 3rd. The only problem with it is dependency, codependency, addictions. The problem is that you are... Um, an escapism and my fear with the situation with Putin is that he's escaping into isolation for a long time and funny enough Pisces is isolation and Pisces is also suicide so self-destructiveness so that's why I'm a little bit concerned with um, a the escaping aspect. And I see somebody says now in uh, Instagram that March 2nd is also the Ash Wednesday. Is it? Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, yeah. Ash Wednesday. So that's perfect because I think that what uh, uh, they're trying to organize is a lot of peace um, meditation for Ukraine, for Russians, for the whole situation and for the whole world. When we're talking about nuclear weapons, it's, it's, it's no longer Putin's fight with Ukraine. It's the world's fight for survival. So that is the only concern I have with so much Pisces this week is last week was the shadow. This week is escapism. So we have to really be careful not to escape to where we used to escape in times of trouble. Then there is a shift of energy in Friday. So if the talks are not going to go very well, Friday, Saturday, Sunday could be very devastating because the moon is moving into Aries, which is more militant and more fighting. And the moon is going to be on top of Chiron, which is the wounded healer. So there's going to be a lot of wounds. The only thing is that the moon is also going to be on top of Minerva. And that's not too bad because Minerva is the goddess of justice and just war. So that could mean that there could be some uh, positive news coming, at least for the side that is connected to Athena, to the just war. And usually it's not the side that attacks, by the way. Uh, we have on Saturday the moon still in Aquarius and, and still in Aries, sorry. And again, this week does not have an opposition. So it's a great time to push forward and make things um, happen. Let's see if um, there are any uh, things that I can answer. Let's see, March 2nd, Ash Wednesday. Yeah, so I got confirmation that it's uh, Ash Wednesday. Um, yeah, I mean, um, uh, Borian said something really interesting because the name of the book uh, for 2022 was A Sacrifice for Love. And that's, by the way, what I wrote that I erased after. Not erased, I, I replaced with the idea of love without uh, the sacrifice. But yes, I do believe that there is a great sacrifice right now that is being that is taking place between Russia, Ukraine, that has to do with love. And it's also it's also all these people, because really I admire all of these Russians that are now demonstrating all over Russia. I mean, and I'm sure there is way more demonstration that we're even being able to see or to tell because of the uh, tight censorship there. And it is a sacrifice. It's a huge sacrifice for somebody to leave his house and to go to the streets in St. Petersburg and uh, Moscow or any other place and to demonstrate against a person that you know very well that with cameras, with the people that he has there, with his uh, informers and all that, you're probably going to be arrested. You're going to be tortured. God knows what's going to happen to you. So think about how that's bravery. That's real bravery. You know, I'm thinking, I'm sorry again, not to upset anybody, but the truckers in Canada and the truckers here that think about freedom and my freedom, go, go to Ukraine and see what it means, freedom. Go to Russia and see what it means, lack of freedom. Go to China and see what it means. So we have to really be looking into proportion right now with... Uh, everything that's happening and also in that uh, in that email I sent yesterday and it's on my blog on my uh, website under learn you see some of the um, uh, places you can donate uh, to children I like to support children there uh, in Ukraine and to really try to make a difference even if it's uh, by clicking um, somebody said nothing Let's see. Yeah, no, I mean, I was surprised also by some of the reactions I got from people about that post. I think it was not that bad, but some people got upset. Um, 
Let's see. Yeah, and somebody here reminded me that um, I said that between 25 to 27, insecurity to be examined. And I guess I have to start examining my insecurities as well about the, the email. Uh, let's see. Any other thing that... Um, is coming up I'm uh, the questions I think that a lot of you um Zelensky is also a lawyer you're right he's also a lawyer which is ruled by Venus uh, again Venus is the lady of justice any other Oh, thank God somebody said Zelen actually means greenery because I looked it up and I really tried to uh, look it up. Um, yeah, that's they're going to meet at Belarus. At first, they didn't want to meet because Belarus obviously is not uh, um, neutral about it, but they decided to meet after all there. It doesn't really matter where they meet as long as they meet, you know. The important here is actually not space, but time. And I think that time is really important. So again, sorry for uh, the little bit of a heavy um, Sunday talk, but I don't know if I can be light and fluffy when uh, uh, places in the world, you know, um, women, men, children are dying and people have to give birth in uh, subway stations. So... It is heavy, and if you felt a little bit heavy, down on yourself, depressed, again, it's part of it is the shadow, and part of it is also you're feeling other people's pain. I mean, everything is part of the one. Um, I don't have... I mean, my grandmother is from Poland, and supposedly her inn or her pub or whatever she had, her family was in Ukraine, because I told you it's a border, borderland. It was very, very confusing these days. But it's not like I have any uh, Ukrainian... Uh, uh, relatives in Ukraine or in um, in Russia, but it still really upset me to a very very profound level. And sometimes we feel it before we know it. Uh, sometimes we need to know in order to feel. And that, like I told you, the Moon and the Mercury are coming together these days, so it makes sense that a lot of us feel this feeling of responsibility and wanting to do something, and yet feeling very very heavy. It's totally totally normal. So, with that abnormal normal, uh, I hope we get peace this week. Um, and I will send you the song, I promise, in the email I send everybody after. And if you guys are on Instagram, you can just uh, uh, join the Zoom class. You don't have to do it through Zoom, but at least you'll get the emails after. So, again, thanks a lot for spending Sunday with me. Happy New Moon. And um, enjoy the moon if you can. And send a lot of prayers and loves on uh, March 2nd on the new moon. Help the Pope send his uh, message of peace. And hopefully uh, things will be aligned. Thanks a lot.